Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. Do not bait us. Don't, do not bait us. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Getty. From Studio C, where it's Friday, dimly lit room, deep within the bowels, etc., etc. Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Donald J. Trump, bringer of peace to the Middle East. Maybe. Cool. That's cool. Got that big, uh, big agreement there. You got the Israelis, the UAE, saying, let's be buds. Yeah. It's good to be buds. It's a big deal. You want to hang? Watch could, Netflix and chill in the Middle East? Could be a big deal for the Middle East. I don't know if it's a big deal politically. No. I think a guy not. Trump's age remembers when uh, Middle East peace was a big issue and they would debate about it on the stage and stuff like that. But I don't think most people ever think about it anymore. Certainly anybody under 40 never thinks about it ever. So, and I don't know if you get any political win for that like you would have 40 years ago. Anywho. You know what God's cruelest trick is? Ah, uh, I have a list, but go ahead. What's God's yours? cruelest <laughs> trick is making eating greasy and fattening food will give you exactly the same symptoms as a heart attack. Really bad heartburn and a heart attack are almost indistinguishable. Wow. Even for doctors in an emergency room, let alone for your own bad True stuff. enough. I've run into that myself. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a cruel trick that <laughs> I either... Really need to stop eating those peanut butter ball things that my wife made last night. Oh, or the kind with chocolate on them. Or, or I'm on the verge of death. I, it's one or the other, and there's no way to know unless I go into the ER and spend several thousand dollars. So all of peanut butter, huh? Mm. Yeah, ball peanut butter balls. That sounds delicious. Yeah, well, actually, see, um, I have this uh, habit of eating cookie before it's uh, baked. Ah. It's called cookie dough. Yes. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had it, but it's uh, prenatal cookie. It's pretty, pretty delicious. Anyway, child. She had these. Yeah. She had these balls of peanut butter cookies with chocolate chips in them with sugar around the outside. And they're oh. like, she didn't make them all yesterday. So they're stacked in the fridge. Grab one of those. It's a bite sized little thing. What is it? A morsel, oh, really? Oh, boy. But that That's was the bacon. Random reasons to walk by the fridge later. Yeah, and be exactly. like, oh, while I'm here, I might as well just uh, another little peanut butter oh, ball. That's right, the peanut butter ball. Oh, well, I totally oh, yeah. forgot. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> wow. It's like a friend of mine always says when there's donuts at work. He says, "Oh, donuts! Yeah, I think I'll have one of those." Like you oh, know, donuts. what a what a delight! I'd never even thought of. <laughs> Haven't considered you for ages. <laughs> wow, she had a big old ball of. After having uh, like shortening bacon and sausage for dinner. So anyway, I, I, was, I was actually Googling symptoms of a heart attack in bed last night. Wow. Just my chest was just like killing me. But no, I think it's just bad choices. Wow. Not bad choices like smoking and stress. Bad choices like peanut butter balls and bacon. My chest is killing me is not a, not a good thing to say. No, it's not. No, man of your years. My gosh. But as on like the Mayo Clinic website and all kinds of men, it's just, it is, well, it is indistinguishable without a test. Right. <sighs> anyway, that's my problem. I got to eat better. So a man my age can't be eating peanut butter balls. There you go. Beat yourself up. <laughs> I think that'll it's help my heart. the only way. <laughs> 
stern talking to. <laughs> right. So heading into the weekend, going to do better. Huh? Sure Over you are. Lettuce. Huh? Are you? You don't seem to be. Uh, uh, that's not the encouragement I was looking for. <laughs> um, let's introduce everybody in the squad to kick off the show. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing okay. Uh, yesterday we received in the mail, um, it was supposed to be a glass vase, and it was from the U.S. Postal Service. So I uh, get okay. the package. And I open it up. It's just in pieces. I mean, just thousands of pieces. It's wrapped up, but it's in pieces. There was no um, no wrapping to protect it or anything like that. No fragile. They oh, just shipped it like that. And so somebody probably just threw it onto the porch or whatever. But um, I thought, if this is how the Postal Service does a glass face, I can't trust them with mail-in ballots. Oh, turned political at the end. Yeah, so it was it UPS or the U.S. Postal US Service? U.S. Postal okay. Service. No, oh, that, that had your vase? Yeah. When I used to load trucks for UPS, and this was many years ago, and uh, I have no reason to blame UPS or uh, whatever lawyers would say is a terrible thing. But anyway, this was my personal experience. I would regularly pick up uh, like a box that would be labeled fragile glass or something like that. And it sounded like a box of sand by the time it got to me. Oh, my gosh. What am I going to do? Let's put it in the stack with wherever it's going. Yikes. <laughs> but it was uh, the uh, the seller, Michael. Aren't they really responsible for not having packed it carefully? I would think In so. In this scenario? Maybe. Well, the Postal Service isn't going to hand carry things around like, you know, they own it. They're going to hurl it about? Hurl it about. Yep. Uh, that, uh, but the, the mail-in ballot thing you, you bring up, that is going to be... Oh, we're going to learn more about mail-in voting than you ever wanted to learn here in a couple of weeks. <sighs> Holy cow. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Was quite entertained by the uh, the the we got a, we got a battle of the billionaires on our hands with uh, some tech giants uh, just the throwing haymakers at each other. Now, Epic Games, which makes one of the most popular games in the world, Fortnite, uh, they uh, had their games removed from both the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store uh, because they tried to create an end around to cut Apple and Google from taking a cut of any in-game purchases for, you know, various cosmetic things that people do in video games. Well, uh, Epic seemed to be ready for this as immediately after their games were taken off their their stores, uh, respective stores, they hit both companies with a 60-page lawsuit claiming monopolistic practices. Uh, the Epic's legal team includes uh, Christine Varney, who was the Obama-era Justice Department of the Antitrust Division. They even released a... Uh, uh, it's somewhat of a propaganda style ad, uh, which is a parody of the old 1984 Apple ad where Apple was the young upstart, you know, taking on the big tech guys. And this time they flipped it. They have a big Apple on the screen wearing Tim Cook's glasses with like a with a worm coming out of the Apple. So it's a rotten apple. You know, they really get rotten. Oh, apple. Yeah, yeah. oh no. But, uh, but yeah. So, yeah. Pick your billionaires. I don't know much about the market share of this, but if a Google and Apple said no to Epic Games, would they be pretty much out of luck? No, but it is a huge. Uh, it, it removes the ability to play it on a lot of the devices they would so like would, to God, be I would, on. I would think so. Um, but uh, if they obviously if they could prove in any way that they got together on this, but yeah, I I read a bunch of comments uh, on the tweet under the tweet that Sean sent us off the air yesterday, and and one of them mentioned that Fortnite is owned by Tencent, the giant. Yes, Chinese that, conglomerate. I believe. I, uh, are they a Tencent thing? I, I'll do a, some digging in that. I don't okay. think that's true. I know that yeah. they're the other of the most popular video games are. I'm not sure if Epic. But are you saying somebody would, would tweet something that's untrue? In the hearing the other day, though, one of the uh, Congress people that barely understood it 
uh, pointed out, or maybe one of the tech people pointed out. I don't remember who, but, you know, a lot of the stuff that is monopolistic and, you know, kind of not as much free market stuff as maybe you'd like or whatever makes it so much easier that everything is on one platform and one thing. And, and, uh, and, and if you, if you more purified the free market of all this, it would be a lot less handy for consumers. Hmm. So that's, that's one of the conundrums here. As of 2019, Tencent owns uh, approximately 40% of Epic. All right. Yep. Commies. Now, having your iPhone with uh, everybody has to sign on to their platform and you pay for it with their money and all that sort of stuff is really, really handy. And I believe what the, the main thing there, Apple takes a 30% cut of all transactions. Oof. Epic tried to give, get, they offered players, hey, 20% off if you buy it directly from us. So mm. uh, kind of everybody Fair wins enough. sort of thing. Yeah. And that's what prompted Apple to, <laughs> to remove their game. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Friday, August 14th, the year 2020. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Well, so you liked everything uh, on one platform like that. They uh, they tried a society like that. It was called the Soviet Union. Good one, Joe. <laughs> one, yeah. one force in control. One power. That Is good. that what you want? Is that, was, that what you like? That was damaging. All right. <laughs> Let's begin the show officially now. According to FCC rules and regulations, here we go at Mark. Every single American should be wearing a mask when they're outside for the next three months at a minimum. There you go. Grandpa, why does that old man speak one word at a time? Why does he speak so slowly? <laughs> yeah, so that's a, that's a pretty good one right there. Biden saying everybody should wear a mask outside their house for the next three months. He wants a national mandate, which doesn't, uh, the president has no authority, thank well, God. Well, calling on governors to do it, but yeah, uh, the, the governors can do it. And, um, huh, well, we'll have to talk about that more later. As if it wasn't already politicized. Yeah, there's some interesting polling on that that might surprise you. Anyway, how's mailbag look? Oh, it's fine and dandy. Very nice. Plus, we have clips of the week coming what? up in moments. That's clips right. of the week? What a delight. Wow. Well, yeah. you haven't heard it yet. <laughs> Our you're, text- you're much more positive since your heart attack. Oh, jeez. I'm dying <laughs> over here. I'm trying to. I'm trying to like oh, go, go, compensate for the way I feel. Oh, wow. sorry to hear that. Too many peanut butter balls. Oh, uh, text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. How you doing? I mean, really, how are you? I really want the full answer, not just walking past you in the hall. Hey, how you doing? No, I want, I want you to lay it out. Your health, your husband's health, your kid's health, your financial situation, oh, um, your relationships with what, your friends and in-laws. I, want I the have whole no thing. interest in telling you these things. <laughs> how much you mind your own business? I tell you how everybody is sick of the vid. Oh, yeah. Sick and tired Jeez, of the, the world of vid. I would say. Sick and tired of 2020. Saw a t-shirt uh, last night my wife showed me. I guffawed. Even my 20-year-old cynical daughter laughed aloud. It's uh, tw- it's uh, just simple. It says, 2020. Then it has one star. Cannot recommend. <laughs> <laughs> and again, we're just barely over halfway through it, and there's a decent chance it's going to get worse. Oh, that, wait, somebody check his math. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, mailbag is coming up in a moment or two, but first let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. You are not demonstrating. You are attempting to commit murder. Yeah, you just um, 
another word like boogeyman. It doesn't really exist. It's just to scare you from accomplishing goals in life. The Cardinals missing yet another series now. 55 games to make up, and after this weekend, it'll be 48 days left in the, in the season. Defender of Confederate symbols and monuments to Confederate generals. Pam? Yeah, that's a fair point to make. The world will not have democracy. The world will not have freedom. We have freedom today and democracy because our ancestors has been fighting for it. Many people die for it. Many, much blood was shed for it. I'm staying here till the end. If we go down, we go down together. We, we burn, we burn together. That's my promise to my people. We feel, and I feel 100% certain, that the safest place for our players in regards to coronavirus is right here where there's structure, where there's testing, where there's medical supervision. Slow Joe and phony Kamala. Perfect together. Wrong for America. Well, it's got everything you'd ever want, except, well, you know, Netflix. Oh, jeez. Oh, my. That decision needs to be left up to parents, and it needs to be left up to families. Is it worth the risk? I believe that in my case it is. Maybe some other people don't. But at the end of the day, if we're going to leave that decision only up to one person, then we have a problem that's far greater than COVID-19. Boy, in that clip in there, Mr. Lai, who's now in jail in China um, for speaking on behalf of democracy, he might be the important voice in the world that people aren't paying enough attention to. You know, I, I heard he got bailed out. Oh, really? I which have not. surprised me. I haven't verified that independently. Uh, let me, let me I just Google heard that. a radio report, and let me I don't that. believe anything you hear on the radio. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm so interested in... in you know, it's kind of a sick thing to be interested in, but the functionings of an oppressive dictatorship and why occasionally they give a little slack. Okay. Why they let this guy out. Okay. If indeed they did. So we'll look into that. Yeah. yeah don't, don't believe everything you hear on the radio. No. They say it's free and clear northbound. It might not be. <sighs> I took no certifications for this. Exactly. Don't get me started. <laughs> Michael, I say mailbag, you play the music. I don't care if these two yahoos are talking. Right. I don't care if the president walks into the room. I don't care if Pavarotti rises from the grave and sings a freaking aria. You hit that music. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving along. Uh, oh, our freedom-loving quote of the day from H.L. Mencken. I searched long and hard for this one, and I think it's absolutely fantastic. The final test of truth is ridicule. Very few dogmas have ever faced it and survived. I like that one a lot. Yeah, then he goes into some detail and gives some examples, but then he says, but the razor edge of ridicule is turned by the tough hide of truth. There you go. Yeah, that's some good stuff. You're telling me if Pavarotti rises from the grave and starts singing, you want to listen to this roller skating rink music instead? <laughs> well, I may uh, I may uh, turn it off. I may ask for it to be turned off, but by God, it will be started. <laughs> It's in these troubled times, it's more important than ever to maintain discipline. Sure. Okay. Here's a nice note from JP. It's hard not to like you guys, but I'm working on it. Hey, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> on a similar note, uh, 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 Madeline writes, you are a fine quartet. 
And I believe in all of you and your will to protect and service women who dig men like y'all. That's hmm. for, that's very nice, Madeline. Thank you. Uh, you are, We are a fine quartet. As the lone so. single on the crew, let me say hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David writes, as a very long-time listener, I missed the clip of the woman yelling, fight it! Do we still fight have it? it? Fight it! Yeah. <laughs> When I think it's called for, but not played, like the discussion of the gym owner demanding evidence to justify the government or- order to close him down. Fight it! There's an empty place in my soul. Please put it back into rotation. No, no, no! Fight it! Yeah. Yes. It's that last one that I think we used to use a lot, her highest pitch. And most- no, no, no! Fight it! Yes, yes! I, was I love a, her spirit. Uh, a ticket of some sort? A yeah, park ticket? She wanted me to yeah, fight it. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. On the topic of, uh, of the term Latinx, and we uh, we will reset that. We talked about it very late in the show yesterday. Wait till we talk about Mathematics X coming up a little bit later. Oh, you just my, put an X on an already existing word there. <laughs> my head is going to explode. Yes, it which, will. You know, and it's yes, quite a coincidence on the day that you're having an infarction. Uh, but on the, t- the topic of Latinx, Roberto writes... Call me Latinx, I'll call you dumbass. Hey, now. And judging by Roberto's last name, means he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, we're running out of time. Do we have anything short we can uh, put in? Oh, we just got this email about a lawsuit against Governor uh, Gavin Mussolini about closing schools. The Center for American Liberty is uh, going to lay the wood to him for that. So good for y'all. How about, how about everybody wearing a mask outside? Armstrong and Getty. After being ordered to remain closed to prevent the spread of the coronavirus pandemic, gym owners in New Jersey are suing to reopen their health clubs because the balance of the entire New Jersey universe is off when it's just tan laundry. You guys catch that? It was a remember the show, The Jersey Shore. Yes, that was a big thing. Their their daily routine. The only thing we do every day: gym, tan, laundry. That's oh, it. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yes, that's a pretext for understanding the joke. I see. Absolutely, gym, tan, laundry. Okay, yeah. interesting. And sold a bunch of GTL merch. Oh, okay. Of it. Yeah, yeah. Fair was... enough. A couple of very quick uh, bonus pieces of mailbag. Number one. Tony the Caustic Mormon wants us to know he burnt his nipples cooking bacon. We appreciate that update. Why are you, why are you shirtless? Amateur. And uh, and Bill wants to know if the if they ever figured out where the lady got the cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. A reference to what may be the clip of the year. Yeah. So Joe Biden said this yesterday. Every single American should be wearing a mask when they're outside for the next three months at a minimum. And uh, he encouraged uh, governors all across the country to mandate mask wearing for three months outside. I don't know if he means, like, if you're outside, period, your own backyard, your own driveway, walking down your own street. Uh, in I don't know if he means everywhere. alone reading a book of poetry. I mean, I wear a mask in every store I go into, all that sort of stuff, because it's been mandatory since March in the county I live in, but I don't. <clears throat> I don't just like pumping gas or something like that. No, as soon as I walk out of the building here, I, I take it off to walk to my car. Right. Because there's nobody about. Right. It's like a dang ghost town. But anyway, uh, so you hear that and you think, controversial. Well, how controversial is it 
Fox News poll yesterday requiring everyone in the United States to wear a face mask when outside of their home in favor, 74%. It's not even close, obviously. Three quarters of the country agrees with that position. Only 21% oppose. So I don't know how politically how far on the wrong side of that you'd want to be if you're running for something. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this is an uncomfortable moment for me because a lot of my uh, liberty-loving brethren, I think, are a little overboard on the mask question. But, you know, they get to be. Um, it'll be interesting to see this way, uh, how this evolves. I would hate to see it become an even more hot political football um, just because it's, you know, it's arguably a purely scientific question. And while there are civil liberties questions involved, I'm much more uh, interested in free speech, property rights, um, free employment, that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a masks in a pandemic. It's an interesting tap dance for Trump, I guess, because you know if if he just you know reads uh, internet comments and everything like that, he'll think the whole anti-mask crowd is much bigger than I think it actually is. Mm-hmm. And uh, and sixty um, percent of Republicans are for mandating where people wearing a mask outside everywhere. Hmm. It's ninety percent of Democrats, but the vast majority of Republicans are for it. So, you know, trying to be against it, you're just politically. I mean, um, right. I don't know who you're trying to serve there. Yeah. Well, right. Just politically speaking, there's not much of a constituency. for No. Um, I, I would say this, though, about uh, just that sort of stuff in general. I was walking by the newsroom and the TV was on and there's something about the presidential election. And I thought, um, I think there are a whole lot of people in the, in the country who are on their deathbed going to say to themselves, why did I think about and talk about who was president so much during my life? (laughs) What the hell? Why did I spend so much time listening to other people talk about who was president or who might be president next time? Right. Is that what you want to do with your time? Not me. Well, the same can be said of a lot of things, though. Sports. The heck do I care whether a football team wins or loses? It has no effect on my life. It decent, is a rec, it's a pastime. It's a recreation. A, that's a decent point if it's your entertainment. But if it mostly gives you a, a heartburn, yes, then good point. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would love nothing better than to bore the heck out of everybody and discuss how we got to this point and why we're 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 obsessed with the presidency A and B. Uh, identify ourselves by our presidential politics primarily. It's deep in our souls. I just think it's incredibly unhealthy, but I won't do that because it is Friday and you don't deserve it. There is a massive heat wave over the western United States. Records are being broken. They're, they're thinking they may set the uh, the record for today's date, I think it is, uh, or or in a couple of days at Death Valley. And oh, if, really? How hot? Oh, I'd love Death to be Valley's there. Death Valley's setting a uh, heat record. I'd love to be there. I'd love to feel it. It was 123 in Baghdad the other day. Yeah. I mean, it's a hellhole, obviously. Well, my brother was in Iraq and Saudi Arabia. 120 is fairly common. Yeah, the uh, the global warming <laughs> folks uh, are That's trying to, to tell imagine. us that will be Phoenix soon. 123 for, for a week at a time. Oof. Um, and, and soon L.A. and then, I don't know, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Because of, because of global warming? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, and by soon, do you mean in uh, 500 years? Or like the little Greta Thunberg was back in school, you'd be hearing about this, but we're too busy with the vid. You mean 100 years from now? Or a thousand, whatever. <laughs> hey, unborn people, your problem. Deal with it. Even my s- son the other day, there was something on TV about that, and he said, "I'll be dead by then. What do I care?" <laughs> well, you got well, those genes from somewhere. 
But if a 10-year-old can say that, I can certainly say that. I'll be dead by then. What do I care? <laughs> you know, one more global warming uh, comment. I heard some alleged visionary talking about how, uh, as unfortunate as the vid is, this is an opportunity to redesign our entire energy system mm. and our economy to make it more green and earth-loving and the rest right. of it. And I actually believe we ought to, uh, we're charged by the Bible to be uh, responsible stewards of, of what God has given us. Uh, not to mention the fact that, you know, it's just not kind to the kids to ruin the earth. So, uh, you know, I'm in favor of sane environmental policy, uh, but they're talking about ending fossil fuels within the 11 years or something like that. Um, and, uh, and, and I wish them well. Uh, but there are other effects of the vid pandemic that I think are absolutely likely. And in fact, and, and we don't we don't overreact react around here. We're not drama queens. We don't. Uh, this is the end of irony or whatever. Oh, I, that's uh, so annoyed by that sort of thinking. But it's becoming increasingly clear that there are going to be monstrous changes in commercial real estate and colleges slash universities, which has long been a cause of ours. Um, the commercial real estate thing is a virtual certainty. The college thing is a possibility. And I've been reading uh, some learned commentators talking about those two topics, hmm. and, and i like to chat about that for a couple minutes, maybe when we come back. Okay, we need to talk about Mathematics X n- later. It's kind of like Latinx, Latinx or Womenx. Shut the hell up, X. It's about the colonialism and the white male um, patriarchy oh, of mathematics. White supremacy. Oh. Uh, two plus two is not four. That's oh, just boy. what you're conditioned to believe by white males. Oh, boy. Um, Did somebody reanimate Orwell. Just tell him he's right, then unplug him. <laughs> also, this just a department ruling yesterday on Yale and Harvard or whichever colleges it was, but they're discriminated against uh, Asians, for instance. Mm-hmm. And an attempt to be uh, super duper woke, and we got to talk about that too. That's a pretty good story. Yeah, sorry Asians, you don't count as a minority because you're doing well, right? If you're doing well, you don't count, right? That's interesting. Mm, that's um, one word for it. Two <laughs> plus two is not four. I I, 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 I disagree. <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. I'd like to know why there's such an East Coast, West Coast split on the attitudes about school. Is it just the power of the unions in different places or whatever? But Florida and New York, they're they're making people go to school. De Blasio, as lefty as you can get, said... The world's largest communist. Because some teachers are saying, hey, we're not comfortable, we're not sure we're going to go. And he said, you need to be there first day, that's what you get paid to do. That sounds like me talking. Yeah, that's unbelievable. In California, on the other side, no, 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 absolutely no school. Way too dangerous for the teachers. You know, goodness knows uh, the unions have power in, in New York, but not the teachers' union, not enough to overcome the millions of parents who are saying, get my kid in school. That is an interesting question. We'll have to dig into that. Convenience store workers, hardware store workers, grocery store workers, you have to go in and do your job, but not teachers. The new REI campus in uh, the Seattle area, Bellevue specifically, for those who know the area, was going to be the most outdoorsy HQ ever, like summer camp for grown-ups, according to media reports who had seen the developing campus. As Apple has the spaceship in Cupertino, 
with its amazing park-like, high-tech, weirdo vibe, the REI campus, obvious for obvious reasons, was going to be like a camping trip. I'm sure it was going to be very cool. Yes. Giant new corporate campus in Bellevue, Washington. They're selling it, having never used it. Said REI, the dramatic events of 2020, what does he mean? <laughs> what is he talking about? Have challenged us to re-examine and rethink every aspect of our business and many of the assumptions of the past. Wow. That includes where and how we work, said REI President and CEO Eric Arts. That's really quite amazing. Um, <laughs> that's really quite amazing that it took the pandemic for us to get there. Right. Right. Oh. Because if it works post-pandemic, it would have worked pre-pandemic. Yeah, but it was such a gamble. I mean, it, it seems so odd. Mm-hmm. Look, y'all don't come in, just work from home. <laughs> seems great. I... <laughs> Why would we have a giant building at the cost of tens of millions of dollars and all the office space and electric bills and parking lot? Why would we do that? Right, and anybody who's run a small business or a big business, for that matter, understands that um, location costs, real estate costs, taxes, the rest of it, uh, property taxes are a huge part of your your costs. And so if you can really, really minimize that uh, all to the good, uh, unless you're in commercial real estate. Some commercial real estate investors say other companies could follow suit as employers grow comfortable with employee productivity and the ability to collaborate while working from home while all allowing major cost savings. Rick Merza is a commercial real estate investor and CEO of a private equity firm, said... The owners of big corporate buildings are really starting to see that their employees really don't want to come to work in the office anymore. That feeling that we work somewhere, that it's this whole big tribe mentality. Some are realizing that's not necessary. I would suggest this reminds me a little bit of what we've been discussing in terms of last year, the remote schooling, the uh, what do you call it? Distance learning. Distance learning. Yeah. Good one, Sean. Um. Since there was already a relationship between the teacher and the students, it was at le- it, it had a chance. If you have no relationship whatsoever, it's going to be a little harder to do, a little, a lot harder. And I wonder whether that dynamic won't apply in the workplace. Well, it's hard too. to that. Yeah, you know, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, so we do the Zoom calls. We know all these people we're on the Zoom calls with. Right. We all know each other. In some cases, we've known them for many years. Yeah, we stood around the lunchroom and shot the ball and. And whatever, yeah. But imagine starting at a job and there's a Zoom screen full of people. You'd never learn who anybody is. Sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, there could be earth-shattering changes to where people are and how they use space. Because as in this point's been made many times, you surely heard it before, but there really isn't a need for big cities if most industry can be scattered wherever, the workers can be scattered wherever. Well, if you in urban areas, if you're in, not in an urban area, you don't do this, and you don't know that urban people do this. But in urban areas, how far you are from your workplace is like the first thing you check when you're looking at a house. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, you draw a little circle, and you're not going outside that because you don't want to spend your whole life on the road, with some of you super commuters being the uh, exception. Uh, and, and if you and and so some people are talking about you never go in or everybody goes in like two days a week or something. But, sure. you, but you know, you could you could suffer a much longer commute two days a week. Oh, yeah. If I'm just going in one, two days a week, I would live an hour away. Heck, yeah. But have about it, a half hour commute now for having know, some sort of FYI. centralized meeting place for one or two days a week. 
isn't a cost like you don't get charged less because you only go into the office twice. Yeah, I don't the, know how that the, works. I guess you'd have a much smaller space. Or? Yeah, yeah, there are workarounds uh, for that, and including I'm sure an industry would pop up. Heck yeah, obviously. where you would have uh, you know places to get together. Generic meeting to, hub dot yeah, exactly. or whatever. This then, yeah. building will be full of conference rooms, and you book it. We have it. You know, yeah, yeah. we have it every Wednesday from one to three. Some well, other this, company has it every Wednesday from three to five. This whole free right. market thing's kind of neat. Yeah, well, and, and I'm just thinking about our layout here. If you're not familiar with the function of a radio ranch, we have several radio stations operating out of this building. We have a big, big area where the salespeople work. There's the promotions area. There's uh, We got Hot the, 102.3, and we got The Jam 72.9. Something I got over this. And Soft 94.3. <laughs> I was going to say Ruth, relaxing, but I like Soft. That's yeah, funny. whatever. Flaccid more. <laughs> anyway. Um, Kick-Ass <laughs> Country 105.9. But there is no reason for the big sales pit, which is the biggest, really, area of the building. Which has been empty now for five months. Yeah, it is, and it's like a ghost town. So, anyway, and and the, this will ripple outward, too, in ways oh, I don't think people so huge. anticipate. And, and all the restaurants, the bars, the clubs, the theaters that depend on density of population. Oh, my gosh, yeah, all the businesses that go with that. And but like, I'm not enough of a visionary nor an expert to know, is this going to be 2% of what we're talking about? Uh, like 2% effect on cities or or 28? I have no idea. All the Wall Street Journal projections, because they're interviewing CEOs and stuff like that, have been more like 20, 30, 40% Mm. of companies talking about this than than small amounts. And then I was asking yesterday about parking lots. Every building has enough parking for all the employees in there. That's a huge amount of space in every city. Sure it is. is that, what's that going to become? Apartments or it's a nothing? Huge, or huge amount of revenue, too, for mm. a lot of cities that co-own mm-hmm. parking facilities. And, for instance, pay for brand new basketball stadiums uh, based on parking revenue. All those parking garages that you, you can't get into in big cities, it'll just be empty most of the time. Yeah. Wild. And then one other thing, one of the great scams, great as in big, not good, it's awful. One of the biggest scams in America right now is colleges, universities. They are ridiculously expensive. They're bursting with cheap government cash, which is designed to subsidize, you know, the, the college people, the, the administrators, the, the professors who always vote left. Um, and it's inexplicable, ridiculous, and 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 just a bitter ripoff that you have to spend thirty, forty, fifty grand to learn ninety two percent of stuff that's on the internet. I mean, there is a percentage uh, that you're getting value for being there, trading ideas with people, uh, probably being shouted down by the woke for daring to uh, disagree with their their point of view. Um, there's a value, I think, in getting together and, and learning and having a mentor and to ask questions, but it's not forty grand worth. Anyway, uh, Megan McArdle wrote a piece for the Washington Post um, that gave me just a shred of hope. Uh, she says, the headline is, thanks to coronavirus and Zoom, we're looking at the end stages of college as a commodity. Uh, a pandemic hope. is an essentializing force. I'm going to start walking around saying that. You know what this pandemic is? An essentializing force, an yeah. EF. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Obs. It, it strips away the frosting of rhetoric and habit. Mm, frosting. And, oh boy. <laughs> rhetoric frosting. <laughs> I'm going to have a word with Megan McArdle <laughs> about uh, what metaphor she uses. Uh, it strips away the frosting of rhetoric and habit and forces us to confront bare realities. 
Nowhere is this more apparent than in higher education, which over the past few decades has been one of the two sectors that have just kept increasing their prices, the share of national income, and of course, the share of our attention they claim. The other one is health care, and in both cases, Americans justify the increased spending in contradictory ways, invoking both pragmatic benefits and airy ideals, such as scholarship or caring, which denied the necessity of even appealing to necessity. <laughs> um to skeptics viewing luxury dormitories and multimillionaire cardiologists, this always sounded like a bit like a middle-aged man selling doubtful wives on BMW's engineering. You can't put a price on safety, honey. <laughs> but we all bought it. Uh, colleges, uh, and we all need health care, she makes the point. I'm, I'm going to summarize. But colleges are in the opposite position. As students balked at full tuition for online education, Elizabeth Cohen, a political science professor at Syracuse University, set off a minor Twitter storm. Quote, working at a college or university right now is hearing a lot of people say that they should pay less for something you're working twice as hard to make available for them. A follower responded, your customers are telling you that the value of your now remotely delivered product is less than you want them to pay. <laughs> Which I think is a great retort. Mm-hmm. You're saying you want to pay less for something we're working very hard to give you. Don't care how hard you work. <laughs> so what? It's either worth this or not, and yeah. it's not. Please Be buy my efficient. pile of mud. I worked very hard on it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a pile of mud. Certainly not at that price. <laughs> yeah, there's more on this topic to be said. Awesome. Text line 415-295-KFTZ. Armstrong and Getty.